1: Pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show. And uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Uh, I must say, you're looking. Uh, you don't look a day over 149, um, <laughs> but here we are, 150 up. It's that's amazing. I think that's probably more than the Proteas scored in the, in in both innings uh, against you, England. You see, now good, and it that's always got to go like it. Now just because you guys are, are right up there in the league with
2: Arsenal, I mean, you've got superb start to the season. You don't have to go and fight with the Proteas now. That's
1: Yeah, I know. Look, we've d- we've done well. I'm, I'm more than happy with who we are. It's still early days, and. Uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. It's been an exciting couple of weeks from a sporting point of view. We've had mm-hmm. cricket, we've had sevens, we've had, uh, you know, the box playing. It's, it's just, yeah, it's been a good, good time. But uh, amazing to think that, you know, we're sort of three years down the line, 150 episodes at one a week. That's plus or minus. Yeah. Uh, Unless the arithmetic's changed. Uh, but work arithmetic, is it still plus or minus three years? Uh? <laughs> yeah, well, well
2: done, Gordon. I mean, you know, jokes aside now. I mean, it's uh, it's been great. It's been a nice run. We've had fantastic guests, and today no different. You know, we've got two very special and fantastic guests in the studio to share our 150th episode with us. So, yeah, you know, to the guru, well done, and uh, thanks yeah, and for, uh, for, the, for the ride. you know,
1: leave you to do the intros, but the, the topic today, uh, you know, is very close to my heart and has been for many, many years in this industry. So I'm really pleased to uh, to be engaging with this topic because I think this is it uh, going forward. This yeah. has to be the area that we focus on. Yeah,
2: absolutely, Gordon. And we're chatting for our listeners out there. You know, if you followed any of our, our shows, there's one of the themes that kind of, permeated and comes back is education and sharpening the saw and learning and and just being out there every day trying to better yourself and and not thinking that you know everything. And today we're going to chat exactly that. Uh, We're going to chat uh, on the media side, we're going to chat across the advertising, across uh, all the different disciplines within a HANA group, and and it's going to be about learning and development. So... um, Papi Seopath, Papi, uh, you're the group head of, of learning uh, in the in, in the group. So a big welcome to you. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. And uh, Ayanda Munda, you're uh, the head of HR for Park, which is uh, Meta on the one side and, and Media Shop on the other side. Thanks very much for your time. It's wonderful having you in studio with us.
3: Thanks, Dag. Uh, looking forward to the conversation.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, let's get straight into it, Papi and, and Ayanda. We're going to chat about... Uh, an industry that is like any others. It's it's faced its challenges. It's had a you know up and down time over COVID coming out of it now. Big changes at Nahana the last two years. Uh and, and we'll chat about how that's been bedded down and, and how the new leadership they're not new to the group, but new to to their respective positions are, are doing. But I mean let's get straight into it. Puppy I think let's start with you if you don't mind. Let's just yeah. talk about the group role. Uh and and you were saying to me a while ago and I was quite um I don't say the words impressed, but I was pleasantly surprised when you said to me, your culture are, is very much a learning organization. So mm. let's just chat about your role and and what are some of the skills that you're looking at for today and for tomorrow's advertising execs?
0: Awesome. Um, thanks, Zach. I think one of the things for me that that I like speaking about is, is my background because it informs a lot of how I approach my job. Um, so... I think this is kind of a recent trend where you you start seeing a lot of HR professionals coming from a non HR background and I'm sort of one of those people Um, and so in in training um, I was trained in science and research and education right so those those are sort of my comfort levels recently I've taken up psychology as a discipline um, to hopefully pursue in the future and having this sort of multi um, disciplinary focus to my role helps me embed some of the key targets for the group which is um, think about think about how we future-proof our talent not just in terms of bringing people that that can do the job as per training but also think about bringing diverse skills right so how do we uh, to embody sort of the idea of the medici effect how do we bring people who are multi-skilled and who can think in in a a number of ways Um, and you know for me it's more than just a brief it's it's something i've been through um, living through Different disciplines, living through different industries, and being in a situation where I'm having to sort of help our company in partner with all the HODs, sort of you know, redefine and reinvent a new way of, of bringing talent. Um, so our focus is exclusively um, around learning. Uh, when I came in in 2017, there was one main objective, which was um, you know try and develop a culture of learning, not just kind of say, hey, we've got 20 Rand, or we can take a whole bunch of people on training but the idea was how do we start helping people develop a culture of learning in terms of being self-driven to learn, right? That's a mindset shift where they're not approaching HR or their manager, but they're actually self-determined to craft their own career plans, um, to think about what their ambitions are in the company or in the long term. Um, and so that's kind of our key focus from, from 2017 onwards has been around changing the mindset of our leaders, changing the mindset of our people to be self-driven to, to learn. It's wonderful. I mean, we'll get back to that, you know, in terms of,
2: of how successful that is and, and the skills needed, you know. So it's all fine, you know, the training, be it online or in classroom, but it's that skills transfer and then back into the workplace and also not just client-facing but internal client. And then let's talk a little bit, and I know it's Gordon's favorite topic, uh, media. Let's talk media specifically. The, the skills needed and the work that you're doing uh, across, across the different companies for the, the modern-day uh, media person.
3: So as, as Babi was speaking, Daga, actually the, the, the word that comes to mind for me, the the biggest skill that we're looking for actually is teachability, because I think certainly what's happened over the years is that we've started realizing that um, it's time to move past, you know, if you're looking for a media buyer, looking for another media buyer that you can push from somewhere else, you know, we've started to expand our definition of the kind of person we're looking for. Yeah. So is it maybe getting someone from a media owner side and then teaching them the skill that we need uh, but obviously we need that element of that teachability that openness to learn mm. so we're really redefining um so the sort of skill set that we need and it, it looking more like you know someone who's actually open to learning this skill um and in principle embracing by the company of the fact that we will need to upskill people mm. um but just starting to open our minds to the possibilities of starting to look beyond what is the norm of you know let's look at who mm. we can get from another media agency but is it looking at client side is it looking at a media owner side and then finding people who have the willingness and the ability to learn and then teaching them the kinds of skills and I mean that expands to be it strategy or the digital side but just opening our minds to let's be receptive of the kind of people that we're getting in but we are now looking for the softer uh, skills the nuances Where do we feel like we could work with this person um, to empower them and, and, and make them uh, become better people in terms of, of the kinds of skill that we're looking for. So I think that is a big one in this day and age. Um, we understand that you know people will be coming from various elements whether it's um, client side or media owner side or media agencies but it's about the teachability for us and that willingness to learn.
1: I think for me you know I mean the the, the, the relationship between media agencies and agencies and media owners uh, has always been a free trade zone. I mean we, we've been Kind of nicking each other's staff you know in good faith for for many many years i mean there are many people who come into media agencies who are not skilled enough or competent enough to drive numbers um statistical reasoning isn't their forte but they're fabulous with people and we've seen a lot of traffic to media owners there. We've had media owners coming in who just have such a flair for numbers that you know they suddenly wow. discover uh, there's a role for them uh, in media. So I think I'm, I'm really encouraged that that is being more has been facilitated in, in a structured kind of way. For me, the, the yeah. bigger issue uh, is making sure that, however hard you do it here that we it to global best practices mm-hmm. you know you can you can create a, a best practice in south africa and that's great and and i think i'll say with the hand on heart without fear of contradiction that the media shop in its uh, iteration over the years has been at the forefront of training um way ahead of the curve uh, for for 20 years so that that that's just, this is not a new passion yeah. but if your benchmark does not conform to a global benchmark, then offshoring becomes a major issue. Mm. And right now, offshoring is the single biggest challenge that the local media industry faces in this country, because there are some pretty smart young folks in Dubai and some pretty smart folks Mm. in India, and we need to understand, if we can't do it here, Mm. and it's all numbers in the cloud, which a lot of it is, that cloud can be driven from India, that cloud can be driven from Dubai, it could be driven from anywhere. Yeah. um, And I mean, I don't
2: know if you are you seeing it and do you benchmark? I'm just taking Gordon's point in terms of, you know, benchmarking against some of the best in the world. Um, Is that something that you'd look at across your group?
3: So what we do do is as benchmark amongst ourselves. So as as part of the Nahana Group, we obviously have um, access to agencies such as FCB. Uh, um, we, are in a global perspective, we certainly work a lot with uh, our HR colleagues on that side. Um, you know, having those meetings, find out mm-hmm. what are you guys doing. You know, what systems are you mm-hmm. using? What can we get from your side and use mm-hmm. um, on our side? So, so from an internal group perspective, yeah. definitely, I think there is more that could be done in terms of just the general global industry. Yeah. Um, but definitely from an internal group perspective. Perspective, there are those conversations between ourselves and our HR colleagues uh, within the rest of the group yeah. to find out just what what are people doing. Obviously, conversations as well around yeah. um, staff who maybe want to work mm. um, at a global agency somewhere. So mm. all those kinds of conversations are happening internally. Um, but I definitely agree that you know there's an opportunity to still assess ourselves and benchmark to the rest of the globe and see what's happening and how we are faring as mm. far as that's concerned. Mm.
0: Yeah, Doug. I mean, if 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 I should say, you know, the Nahana Group houses some of the most talented individuals in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. And and that's not an overstatement. It's, I mean, we're fe- effectively a collection of of different agencies, um, or ten to fourteen agencies, um, and highly competitive, right? And we've we've always sort of tried to push the idea of. Of having an open architecture right so so something to the effect of creating fluidity mm. in information exchange mm. right if if one agency has a breakthrough in sort of how to brief um uh, you know how we can get better brief from Clyde, mm-hmm. then some of that information and the idea behind um that breakthrough needs to be shared across the group. Yeah. So we always sort of endeavor to, to create systems and ways in which we can we can grow as a group. Of course, I mean, the leveraging point here is if I'm a PR company, Weber Chandwick is one of our PR companies, mm. and I'm pitching on a piece of business, um, even though that client will belong to that particular business unit, mm. there's kind of a leveraging point in that I can say to my client, you're not only getting us, but you're getting a whole host of companies in the yeah. group that we can tap into easily. Mm. Um, so there is massive movement that we're seeing uh as a first priority for us is instead of losing someone to 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 an external competitor we'd rather have someone leave fcb and go to mccann right sure. because yeah. it retains some of that institutional knowledge but it also sort of brings mm-hmm. a different flair a different take that they leave from FCB with and and embedded McCann. Mm. Well it's nice as you say
2: you know and I mean both Gordon and I are familiar with the group and the the structure and and we'll chat about some of those leadership changes but it's nice that you've inculcated and continued to the culture of rather move inside than outside and take the goodness of fit and maybe your your fit is better elsewhere uh, at a a McCann 1886 as opposed to a a computer whatever the case may be uh, and you can move around that's great but just circling back to I mean your point of your career and, and and your grounding and your continued grounding you're talking about enhancing your skills and all the rest of it and I want to bring Ayanda in here and one of the things that the same time you were telling me and I was encouraged by the learning culture I was equally horrified by a an example that, and obviously I don't know the person's name so I can't mention their name but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that horrified me Gordon. Ayanda was saying she was interviewing a young person to get into media and this person and I paraphrase and why am I bringing that in with your is to is to show you the difference uh this young person said listen i i don't like a lot of change i like stability and i really just want to work on one client can can i do that (laughs) and you know and 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 i was saying to you jeez i mean i can't believe it i mean that obviously really happened and and i mean that cannot be the mindset of a young modern day marketing media advertising person
1: yeah, that, that's the kind of thing that, that one has to then move into the area of counselling. And we were chatting in the build-up yeah, before we started recording. Um, Puppy was talking about the importance of psychology. I mean, I think you, you need, you know, if you're dealing with young people, they need counselling as much as anything else, particularly if you're pulling them in from tertiary institutions straight into the front line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I will preface all my lectures at whatever institution, just raise your hands. Anybody here doesn't like change, anybody who gets out of bed hoping that today will be exactly the same as yesterday, you're in the wrong lecture, <laughs> you should mm. leave now, yeah. okay? Because if you don't thrive on change, then 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 you're definitely in the wrong space. Um, so that's somebody that you might then be wanting to say, you know, maybe what you should be looking at then within the media mix is is, if you want to focus on one product or one client, Go and be a media sales executive, and then you can sell YFM and only YFM, or it becomes your your security blanket. But yeah, yeah you've got you've got to embrace change. You can't yeah. you can't survive. Sure. I mean, I've you know, if I'd wanted things uh, you know, to be the same you know, as they were when I started you know, in the 1970s. I'd be running 100% of my clients' ad space in the Sunday Times. So, you Yo, know, It doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Yo, and a little bit on cinema. And a little bit on <laughs> cinema. <laughs> bioscope. Like, so you're introducing new t- terminology. It's, it's bioscope. So, sorry,
2: the 1970s James Bond, <laughs> the bioscope? Peter Starveson ad for the Bioscope. Sorry. The bioscope. But I mean, bioscope and Wallace. Uh, but I mean,
0: yeah, sorry, Papi. Yeah, um, if, if I could just jump in there. So I mean I I speak to everyone sort of about this um idea of the talent density right and kind of a spokesperson for the concept itself so just a bit of a case study a couple of years ago before Netflix was Netflix the big Netflix that we know today um sales were dipping business was bad and they had to let go of a few people right and that whole process is, is terrible for any single company okay. but um one would expect that you know if you let go of of 50% of your staff for example productivity should dip Um, output should dip, but the opposite actually happened. Um, uh, they were more productive and and sales increased. Uh, And the idea there was they were able to get rid of people who were slacking, um, who were not pulling their weight. Um, and the people that were left in the company were high performers. Mm. Not only that, but people who are multi-skilled, right? Mm. Just to hop on the idea of not being single-minded. Um, and so that's a very important thing and also kind of how we look at talent, right? Uh, you need to have the experience, of course, mm-hmm. but I think one of the biggest currencies lately is curiosity, right? Your yeah. ability to generate ideas um, uh, quite rapidly and, and be multi-skilled and multi right? If, if, if an agency is, is getting leaner and leaner, um, we need to make sure that the people that we can accommodate are, are definitely multi-skilled. So you can't just have someone who's only good at, at visuals as an art director. Yeah, uh, You need to know what copy is. I mean, eventually, once you become a creative director, mm. you will have to oversee copywriters and art directors, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. the build-up of that skill um, is something that's quite important. And and again, the mindset that we have right now is try and make sure that every single person within mm. our company is multi-skilled Yeah, and, um, and can offer more than just kind of...
1: Yeah, I think, I, you know, for me, listening to that, I mean, the thought that came into my mind is that we should be looking at something... Like corporate RQ, you know it, too much emphasis on headcounts. If you've a hundred people and you cut them down to seventy five it follows that everybody's going to have to work kind of you know twenty five percent harder. But that's not the issue for me. Um, the The issue there is if you've had a hundred people and you, and the collective RQ of your of your company is a thousand and you've cut your best people because they are your most expensive people. Or your most skilled people, and you've cut them because they're too old. You need to just see what's the net impact on that on your your, your collective corporate IQ. If you have if you cut twenty five percent of your staff and you halve your IQ, you're just less competitive in the ideas business. Yeah, it's always, and I guess it's it's
2: absolutely right, Papi, and and Gordon is. To cut the right, to cut the wrong people. And I'm saying to those the people who are not adding. It's the old, I think, the Jack Washed uh, a, a GE example of many years ago. Easier said than done, though, but it's to do that proper mm. performance appraisal, that people take it seriously, that you got a good handle on the people, and that you spend time with your human people, you know, your people people, as opposed to, you know, just just doing a numbers exercise because i think you know to a greater or lesser degree we've all been through that exercise where you get a decree you know it's you've got to cut 10 percent of your staff and then and then what do you do you know how how does it come into it? the objective versus subjectivity um so yeah you know that's that's always a tough one and i think one just talking skills puppy we'll be talking internally the skills and curiosity such an important skill learning uh, learnability trainability but also knowing the client's business on both sides, you know what I mean, on the creative house across all of the areas, as well as the media house, you know, and again, as a, as a recipient of those services in, in times gone by. So important, though, that you feel the pain and share the joy of the client, you know what I mean? Now, also, and I've made the point in, on many shows, uh, sometimes... It's, it was also the client's fault, you know what I mean? That the client didn't sometimes know, and I'll know it when I see it. You know, you can't tell it. It can't be the brief to the creative person. Or you must just buy like, buy like lack of media. So what sort of a brief is that? You know what I mean? So it's about skills and, and trust across both. But yeah, you know... Um, Important agenda, just to talk a little bit about knowledge of your, and I mean, you guys have got some massive, 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 and very, very successful clients. You know, I don't want to name them by name, yeah. but people can go look up on the web and yeah. find them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how do you? I mean, how do you inculcate that culture of not only being curious about your discipline, but being curious about the client's work?
3: The client, definitely, Doug, and I think that's something that uh, you know, over the past two years, we've really been trying to drive within the organisation. It's definitely become something that's. Very very important as we are recruiting new people to come in um, and you know that I know this term is used a lot but the business partnering aspect you know and I always say to people in interviews it's almost like you know Getting to that position where you're being able to come up with solutions for clients before they even know they have the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've immersed yourself that much into knowing and understanding them, you know. Um, I always say to the people who work with the CMOs, it's about making them look good in front of their boards. Yeah. Um, you know, It's about coming up with things that they haven't even thought about. So immersing yourself beyond, like you're saying, what you might get or not get in a brief. You, yeah. know? you might get a brief in an objective stating one thing, but because of the data analysis, because of the looking at what's happening in the industry, with the competitors mm. that you've done mm. you're able to actually come back and say you know I know this is what you, you've you put in the brief yeah. but I actually think this is where you should be focusing and mm. that's exactly the tra- kind of, of um, competence or ability that we're trying to certainly build in the people that we have but are definitely looking out for in the people as they come in now you know yeah. and that's why like I'm saying now we're open to people like marketers who yeah. might not necessarily come from a media agency mm. Mm. but we you know that that thinking is there and then it's like the media part we can upskill you in you yeah. know you can learn and that goes back to the teachability thing now, but because we've identified that that is so important and so crucial in becoming distinct, you know, yeah. because there are media agencies that do the same thing that we do, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's beyond being you just another major but how a media agency, but how do you make yourself distinct? And that's in mm. the impression that you can leave with client in really becoming, like I'm saying, that business partner where you're actually going beyond. Oh, oh, we'll just wait for the brief and see yeah. what they we'll say. But actually, being able to come to them and say, look. I've been doing some reading up. This is what's happening in the industry. This seems to be the direction that everyone's going. Have you guys started having those conversations? Like I'm saying, trying to pose those questions um, and maybe make them aware or bring solutions that they didn't even know they have problems for, um, but absolutely critical.
0: You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media.
2: And I think, you know, just before Gordon, if you don't mind, I should make a point before I forget. Just, I mean, I look at the competitive nature, and we all judge and get judged all the time. I mean, even, you know, in this setting, you know, we we, we look and and we're trying to do the best we can, which is right and proper. But I look at just two of your clients. I mean, you've got a massive retailer who you guys do the buy, you do the media for, but you don't do the creative. Now, I can only imagine what those guys must look at when they look at a team and say, but my creative team is better than my media team or the other way around. Yeah. I look at the big bank you guys have got, you know, and that creative is done by a very good creative house over the way, mm. you know, very, very close to you guys. Mm. And the point again, you know, puppy is, One's got to be aware of it, but if if as a person, Gordon, you're not aware mm. or you just don't care, mm-hmm. then you just pitch up somewhere. But you thing. can't. You got to say, "But hold on a second, though." The client mm-hmm. is going to look at you and they're going to say, "But hold on." Imagine if my creative was just a bit better mm-hmm. than my media or the other way around. So mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's a, it's that external conflict and and competitiveness as well. Yeah, I think I think you know, if, if you're going to upskill, you have to empower and impassion. So. You can tell me, you know, to run faster, train faster. Um, but if I'm not going to get a prize at the end of the day, why would I bother to run comrades in, in five and a half hours if you, if if the, I get the same reward for running it in 12 hours? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. And that's where the differentiation has got to come in. So, yeah, you can, you can lay the, the foundation as much as you want. But if you want to teach young people to challenge clients or encourage them to challenge clients thinking then you have to also reward them for that mm. because there's a risk involved you know i mean i see it more and more now you know, there's a reluctance in many media organizations to to lift your head above the parapets because it doesn't pay mm. you're just going to get a slap across the head and be put back in your place and so i think i think that's the challenge and yeah. How do, you, how do you build that, uh, I am directing this one at you, I mean, um, Papi, you're obviously involved in, in, in developing the learning per se, but how do you monitor that, how do you build it into my performance uh, at an HR level, how do you know whether I'm worth X, and then puppy's programs come in and by the end of the year I'm worth X plus what, how do you monitor that, is it a CPD based kind of approach, how do you do it?
3: Um, So maybe not as technical as a a, a CPD sort of, you know, um, approach, but I think the one thing is um, our performance evaluation process um, is quite, it's one, you know, it's one thing that our our group MD Chris Porter, that he champions a lot and I think that's the first thing where we put a lot of emphasis into why we do it and the importance of it which is exactly that Mm. way. People can feel like there's an there's an outcome, or I'm going to get some sort of benefit uh, to what I'm doing, and in the performance criteria, that's where we'll have things like your innovation. You know, um, what big idea have you come up with? You know, what 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 did you t- pitch to client that was new or that didn't come directly forth from them? And we incorporate such things into our performance evaluation process. And obviously, how one performs is that is then linked to other benefits um, that one can then get in their employment. But I think the other way in which we do it, which is sort of a softer way. Um, is that what the one thing we do do is that we always let people know that we'll back you, you know, so go, go to kind with that idea, with that innovation uh, and you'll have our support, whether yeah. they tear it down or, you know, whether they think it's the best thing ever. But I think what we always try to engender to people is that, you know, what go for it, we'll back you. Um, yeah. So I think from the, just from a psychological aspect, there's always that um, recognition that definitely go for it. But if you do it, And it does work out. There's also a great amount of recognition as far as that's concerned. You know, we have Mm. um, what we call audacious sessions where we bring people in, come and present that idea that you did that was amazing, that strategy that you put together that client couldn't stop raving about. And, And... Also, that becomes a teaching opportunity as well Mm. for the rest of the business, you know. So it's in those elements. And then, of course, like I'm saying, it's then factored into how you get evaluated in your performance and then what one can then um, bear out of that um, in the end of the process. I
1: I, I can't quite warm to the thought of an audacious session. You know, for me, (laughs) it's like getting a tattoo. (laughs) Because you've got a tattoo of a frog on your bum. Doesn't mean you're audacious. It just means you've got a tattoo of your frog on your bum. It's I thought, it, thought I started as a tadpole. You know, it's not. A, yeah. But for me, you know, at the end of the day, if you work in advertising, the, the very point of the whole thing is that you you should be audacious twenty four seven. I'm I'm alarmed at the prospect that I you know, we recognise a little sliver of audaciousness. How do you encourage people to just be audacious all the time? If I want to Make a statement with a frog i 'll talk like a frog or i 'll dance around the agency on all floors and stick my tongue out at people. I yeah. mean Should we not just be audacious as a as a all the time?
3: no definitely we should and I think I mean it might just be the term that we use for our groups, but I think in, in principle and how we, we perform or, or work as an agency that's definitely mm-hmm. what what we one of the values that we embrace you know that's yeah. that innovation mm-hmm. um, that audaciousness and i think that's why like we have audacious planners audacious buyers audacious strategists it's just the groups that we, they've named themselves um, but i think again it just speaks to the fact that that is sort of the bloodline of the agency and something that we live to every day it's the culture but, yeah. we spoke last time yeah. sorry yeah. Gordon
2: puppy, um, uh, yeah. we were speaking and and, and Mel spoke to me uh, a little bit about the culture mm-hmm. of of the group, you know, and it's and it's what we spoke <clears throat> about a while back, and, and again today, Gordon, it's allowing it's allowance to have a go, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get fired, you're not going to get hiding, you know, just Don't make a catastrophic mistake Mm. over and over because that's just just like plain stupidity. Mm. But I mean, don't stop trying to have a go Mm. if you've got something in there. You know, it's an age-old thing. I'd often sometimes half-jokingly as an ex-client say to an agency, if you guys could produce this work, it's because it's award season. Mm. How did you suddenly become so clever? I mean, you know what I'm saying to you? And I mean, I was always doing it in a jokingly, in a joking way because I'd like to think I had a fairly good relationship with the people along the way. But But within my joke, there was an element of truth saying, why don't you allow your guys to have a go all the time you know what i mean That's and because maybe at, yeah, you're 100 exactly. right gordon because i didn't wake up thinking we must win an award i woke up thinking we must move stuff get market share mm-hmm. brand scores and all the, all the stuff that most modern day marketers mm-hmm. do and I'd, and I'd hate to think the ad agency thought only about awards and i know they didn't but it was an important part for both and i liked the winning for both Culture reinforcement, both my side of guys getting it's lucky to win, mm, mm. Uh, and and of course the the FCB side. But I mean, yeah, your point, Gordon. You should have an always on. You know, what I mean, it's like I mean, it's stupid stuff. I will give you a stupid example. A few weeks ago, I was doing a session in Cape Town, and I was flying down there, and I, the client I was seeing, I saw their billboards at the airport. So I, I was like a kid. I took a photograph, and I sent it to the lady, you know, who the client, and I said, Hey, listen, I've just checked your boards
1: at the airport impassion in, in, uh, in is, is I think the Absolutely. word that you're using. Um, I, I want to just also bring it back, uh, uh, mm. Papi you talked about Netflix, and it's a good place to have a discussion, so for me you know words change, audacious you know, mm. think out the box was, was a buzz phrase for a while, and my argument is that 90% of boxes are there for the right reason, mm. don't think out the box, be the best thinker in the box if it's the correct box, so Netflix is a good example, you know now that Netflix is moving to an ad-supported platform, which was inevitable, all the old in-the-box skills of TV planning are going to suddenly be applied to Netflix. So, you've got to round it out. You know, you've got to encourage the innovation. Don't be afraid to embrace a Netflix, but understand and be trained in the fundamentals of television planning because now you're going to apply them to the next shiny thing. And I think that's something which hopefully you know your your, your training embraces. The old skills still underpin. Uh, the new offering so uh, a video measuring an audience uh, to a television commercial versus a youtube pre-roll versus a digital billboard you're still having to measure audiences and apply reach and frequency and things like that uh, so is that you know do do you cover that we'll teach you about audacious new shiny thing but also recognize the old stuff as well yeah, teaching and, and mentorship
0: is, is is an important part of our business. Um, you know, that's why you need to to some extent have different kinds of generations mm. in your company, right? You can't just have um, all people between the ages of twenty and twenty-five, right? Uh, even though that's great, I think that provides an environment for a startup company, for innovation, for mm. free thinking. Um, but you do, there, there is some room for stability and for. Uh, avoiding making certain mistakes, and, and that can only be, be accomplished by mentorship and having sort of more seasoned people in your company. Um, but I wanted to sort of hop on the, on on something that we alluded to around how to get the best people, right? Uh, and This is not a Hannah secret. It's just kind of a very intuitive thing. Um, basically two things. The first thing that you want to do is you want to have exceptional processes that you apply consistently throughout your company, right? Uh, So I'll just speak about advertising for a second. So you have a value chain where work leaves client and it goes to media at the end, right? If you leave um, the exceptionality of someone to a manager or to the discretion of a manager, what you will have is you'll have the best performers in departments where the manager is more strict, Hmm. right? Because your process relies on kind of hiring manager doing all the work. Hmm. Uh, And then what you have is you have great strategy, but you have poor creative or you have... Poor strategy, and then the creative is even worse. Mm. Um, so first thing is have exceptional processes that can be applied consistently throughout your, mm. throughout your company. Um, and the second thing is have really great, thoughtful, compassionate, caring managers, okay? Uh, it's only through those kinds of managers that pay attention, that are courageous, that can have the tough conversations with their people, that can escalate issues quickly Right, that's that's the care and growth model. It says that people most value managers who resolve things as expediently as possible. So you get managers who are exceptional, who know how to escalate things, who know how to performance manage, and you get processes that complement that. Before you know it, you have someone who's an all rounder in your entire company, not just in one department.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of processes for me. <clears throat> you know, growing up in, in Saatchi and in Saatchi, we had very Tight, uh, you know, sort of processes which which uh, sort of govern the the parameters, and and it's I think it's a David Ogilvie quote that we attributed to normally, give me the freedom of a tight brief, mm-hmm. tell me you know what the objectives are, tell me what is best practice, and leave me the freedom to operate within that. But that that comes back again to my point about. You don't always have to think out the box. Sometimes mm. the box is there for a reason. Be the best thinker within the box. Mm. Um, you know, And that's where you're gonna get a lot of the good results. But I, I do like yeah. the idea of, of sound global best practices in the form of processes, mm. and then you are left to operate within that is, is very liberating for a, for, a, for a media thinker, yeah, definitely.
0: And can, I, can I just pose a quick question course. to Gordon, mm. just to pick his brain, mm. right? Uh, what do you think um, adds the most value to creativity? constraints or freedom?
1: Understanding the consumer, I don't know where you'll have to figure out where that fits in. I mean, everything, you know, uh, starts with the consumer. So you, you must check with me. Do you want me to be constrained in my, my engagement or do you want me to, to open the parameters? How, how yeah. If I'm dealing with a consumer that doesn't want to be challenged, then don't challenge them. You know, it's all very well shoving something in my face and saying you need to rethink what your global view. I mean, this is, uh, uh, you know, fundamental. So at the end of the day, I, I just tweeted this morning, funnily enough, uh, I heard something Stephen Critter said that radio and radio stations is all about state of mind. So, and I think it's a very sound observation. Too much radio planning is done on the size of the audience, not enough on the state of the mind. Now you must decide, do you want to engage with me in where my state of mind is is? Uh, most comfortable or do you feel it's your duty as an advertiser to shake me to the very core of my being that that's a that's a creative decision so i i just think you, you you've got to start with the consumer some consumers want their foundations to be um, challenged and others just want reinforcement your brand yeah you this is your game yeah. challenger brands doug this is right up your alley. yeah yeah yeah
2: no, absolutely, and I think uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's one answer, and I think the the natural reaction, your gut feel, would say no, nah, absolute freedom in the brief, but I mean your point is right, Gordon, and and it gets back to, and I've tried to always have a balanced view and not. And look at it from a, an ex-client's perspective in terms of sometimes the weak brief is the problem. You know what I mean? In other words, the, the, the product manager, the category manager, the brand manager, the marketing manager, the marketing director, CMO, that person doesn't know. And they are hoping by magic whether it's flexibility, box thinking, inbox. You're supposed to solve it, man. Mm. You know what I mean? You guys are the creative oaks. And that's the part of the problem in my view, is that relationship, that bridge between, a very good bridge between the client mm-hmm. and, and the advertiser.
1: Yeah. You know, coming back to that bridge, I mean, part of the problem and the constraint issue is this. If you mm-hmm. go back to, to the, you know, the beginning, I think, of the science of advertising, with people like Rossa Reeves, who, who started talking about top-of-mind awareness mm-hmm. and things like that, and the USP. USP was based on, on a fundamental point of difference in a product or a brand, and then you had to enhance that in communication. At McCann, pay offline my first alma mater, the truth well told, was directed at that. Now we have parity brands and the USP is an advertising claim. So like that's the problem, you know. Nothing will expose a bad product, you know, mm. uh, faster than good advertising. So don't. Don't open up the parameters and let me challenge the, the, the practice if the brand is, is incapable of sustaining the challenge itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Good. Gordon, geez, great chatting. But now looking at the time, we're running out of time, unfortunately. And I just want to, as we move towards the close, Ayanda, let's start with you, please. If you have one or two great piece of advice for somebody out there then puppy, the same question you know just something to leave and i want to i want to say young listeners incorrect any listener out there with a great piece of advice from from both of your your sides of of the equation
3: um in terms of the industry
2: Anyway, just in, any any piece of advice whether it's life advice uh, or, or whether it's specifically you know media type advice um i
3: think like I'm saying, uh, the the key thing for me is just that element of, of teachability. I think um, whether you're young coming in or you've sort of experienced in another industry, I mean, just as a, a separate point, we had someone who had been working in IT uh, for quite a couple of years, we've recently joined our, our digital um, department, Lucid Media. Um, so that just came to me on the side, that you know what, mm. again to this teachability point that regardless of your background, whether you're just coming out of varsity, whether you've worked um, in another field for some time and you're interested in coming into, that, into the media space, specifically in my um, uh, space, it's so important to have that skill of um teachability be open Mm. and willing to learn um adaptability and agility um you know it's an industry that's constantly changing uh you know you wake up tomorrow you've won a new client you work up tomorrow you've lost another client mm-hmm. um, and you have to have that flexibility um, also in terms of just developments that happen you know um, a couple of years ago if you were a planner you were just a traditional planner now we're talking about hybrid planners and hybrid buyers and strategists you know having capabilities on both um, the above the line and the digital side mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of uh, planners and buyers, strategists, etc., had to upskill themselves on the digital side. Um, so those are all the kinds, of, the, the kinds of fluidity that one can experience in this um, industry. And so again, that element to just being agile, uh, being willing to learn and develop yourself, um, so that you know you're always future fitted, for lack of a better word, that you know wherever the industry goes, um, you will be able to flourish because you're always constantly looking at what's going on. And obviously, then uh, with the support of the agency, developing yourself to ensure that you're still relevant in the market. Mm.
2: It. valuable skill in life as well as specifically in business you know yeah. it's it's almost there's another term and i'm not even sure this is a word bounce back ability you know what i mean so do you bounce back from knockdowns and, and in yeah. your case not in your particular personal case but in business is losing a client i mean yeah. that's a massive yeah. massive issue you know very sure. traumatic uh not just financially but bounce back ability but be your your lesson or two
0: yeah so I mean, I'll borrow from, from, from Tawang, our, our CEO. Uh, you know, Recently, I've learned from him that um, we need to avoid categories, right? Like boxing yourself, and we were speaking about boxes earlier, mm. putting yourself in this sort of very specific niche box. Um, one thing that's quite helpful, again, I'm lending from sort of what I've learned in my life, uh, which is the more diverse your thinking is, uh, the more valuable you are generally right because you can have discussions with pretty much everyone you can participate in pretty much everything Um, and i think that's the biggest commodity these days is is be multi-skilled don't be afraid to challenge yourself and move into spaces that feel uncomfortable Um, because great individuals don't make success it's great teams that do right Mm -hmm. and so the moment we can move into a space where more and more of our people are multi-skilled and they know how to think and they're curious um, the, the better we'll, we'll have, we'll have, of course, diverse environments and diverse companies. But of course, our our ideas will become richer, and, and you know, there'll be a lot of substance and depth. Um, so don't be afraid to put yourself out there.
3: Mm.
2: Thanks, guys. I mean that's wonderful. And uh, Papi, thanks very much. Um, for your time, your insights, uh, and also, you know, I wish you both well, but also your your team. You know, they're not new, as I say, Brett in his new role. Uh, Joey Tabung is, is the group CEO now, and it's not not absolutely new, but still newish. So, you know, I wish them well. As as you said, Gordon, you know, your alma mater, you know, I'd worked not at, but the, the agency, you know, the FCB group was, was my agency for many, many years. So I got a fond uh, spot for the guys, and, and so... Yeah, so
1: thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Dad. Thank you so Thank you. much.
1: Yeah, wonderful. And and once again, thanks. I mean, for me, it's just a, a breath of fresh air, fast even for that one. Too much sibilance, I think, is the, the phrase. Um, no, it's great because I, I, I'm really encouraged to see that big groups are beginning to realize. That's the fundamental core. We can't just keep churning people. We've got to build people. So I'm delighted about that. And Doc... Uh, are you going to do the birthday song? Happy yeah, the hundred and fifty Happy birthday to Dr. <laughs> Guru. You don't sing. No, Doc, come on. You're too conservative. You're the, you need, Are you going, well, you're no, got to of a frog I'm on just, your bum. No, I'm not conservative. I'm
2: just realistic. You know, you got to, Papi, I mean, from a skills point of view, sometimes you got to realize there's this, first thing you are going to realize is a skills gap. Now, I learned that <laughs> back in junior school. There's a big musical skills gap that I never closed. <laughs> Where's to the I, tattoo? We're, <laughs> we're hiding your tattoo, doc. <laughs> To our listeners out there, Thanks again. Another great episode. Thanks to our special guests. 150 up, Gordon. Yeah. 150 so up. And thanks, thank you
1: to all the listeners out there. Yeah. Guys, we really appreciate the support and the feedback we get from you. And uh, we'll see you next week for 151. Ciao for now. Cheers. And so that was another episode of
2: the Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then for my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your
1: views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time.
0: The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.